I'm not going to say who. I think I know who, but I don't know who all was in law, but thank uh, whoever decorated our stage for us this morning. Um, and I hope you'll take time this weekend. Uh, this is probably the most um, overlooked holiday uh, on our calendar. Um, it is uh, used as a reason to go to the beach or to the racetrack, and that's cool. Uh, I gotta, I'm not complain. I'm not opposed to the beach or the racetrack or uh, vacation or any of those things. Uh, but I do hope uh, that somewhere this weekend you'll pause for just a moment and reflect uh, on the large number uh, of men and women uh, who have given their life uh, so that we can enjoy uh, the freedoms we enjoy. Um, I'm just thankful uh, every day um, that I don't have to speak German or Japanese because that's all I can do to get English out, let alone German or Japanese. Uh, and so we're thankful for all those who have, um, yeah, if you've ever been to a veteran's cemetery and saw all those stones and all those flags lined up on them, uh, and that doesn't um, strike you at where you live, um, you, um, something's not right. Uh, I know that uh, Memorial Day weekend is about those who gave uh, their life in service of our country, uh, but um, I don't think we can take too many opportunities uh, to recognize those who served uh, as well. If you served our nation in any, uh, any branch of the service, if you would, uh, if you'd stand up for just a moment and let us uh, recognize you, whoever you are. Norman, thank you. John, thank you. Chris, thank you. Appreciate uh, each one of you men's service and uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, I, I always, and those of you who have been here a while have heard me say it, I'm glad they did what they did so I can do what I do. Um, and uh, they uh, appreciate uh, their service. All right, take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the book of First John. First John. John's going to expand on uh, the thought that he had last week, uh, the statement about God being light. First John. You know, as you, um, as we think about. Um, how we get through life uh, and the decisions uh, that we make. Um, you know, it's interesting how uh, you can take people and you can give them the exact same information and they will arrive at a totally different uh, conclusion. For example, and this is a little bit, um, this isn't spiritual whatsoever, but it's just simply an example uh, of what I'm talking about. Um, when, when people get in their cars and they enter, uh, they get on, let's say the interstate out here, and they get on the interstate, and we've all seen this, uh, when you get on the interstate, and, and most people probably uh, set their cruise control uh, when they get on the interstate. Let's say the speed limit, the posted speed limit uh, is 65. Um, as you set your cruise control, uh, you take in a lot of information. You probably take in, for example, the weather. Uh, if it's pouring down rain um, or foggy, uh, you take that into account when you set uh, your cruise control. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the condition of your vehicle, uh, you, you take that into, uh, into thought. Um, in today's world, you consider, hmm, at uh, $5 a gallon, I'm going to slow down a little bit. Uh, you know, you take that into, uh, into the equation. Um, you know, you take into, equa into consideration who's in the car with you. Uh, if your uh, new uh, son or daughter is in the car seat in the back seat, it probably in, in some way uh, goes in uh, to that equation. Uh, but we all take in uh, that information. And what's interesting, uh, and, and we've all seen this, with all that same information 
coming into us. Uh, the speed limit is 65, and yet some will decide to do 95. Uh, some will decide to do 45. Um, those are the ones that um, cause me to have to pray a lot on the interstate. Uh, yeah, uh, some will decide to lock right in on 65. Uh, you know, some of you, uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks, uh, you know, the mentality is, well, I can go five miles over the speed limit now I'm safe. Uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, but we take all that information, uh, and, and again, you can put, you know, put four people on the interstate, give them all the same information, and, you know, they'll, they'll decide something different uh, about what speed to drive on. Uh, well, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, we have uh, some decisions to make, uh, spiritually speaking. Uh, we have to take the information we have been given, uh, specifically uh, the uh, previous verse, verse 5, God is light, uh, there is no darkness in him uh, at all, uh, and we have to decide then uh, what, we, uh, what we think, uh, what we uh, believe, uh, how we're going to govern our life uh, based on uh, that information. What's interesting is people come to a lot of different uh, conclusions and a lot of different uh, decisions with that uh, information. And so this morning I'm uh, opening you got your Bible open now to 1 John chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 6. And I'm going to ask you to stand together with me as we uh, read and, and reverence uh, the, the Word of God. Uh, we're going to look at verses 6 through 10 uh, this morning. And here's what Paul says, or John says, but again, remember, this was after verse 5, uh, when he said, God is light. Here's what he says. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you will uh, take your word today. Uh, God, as we consider this information... Uh, God, that we will uh, make right decisions. We will make uh, the right choices uh, for our own spiritual life. God, I pray that uh, in this room, God, those joining us online, uh, that your Holy Spirit would move. Uh, God, stir us, speak to us, convict, uh, comfort where necessary, and we'll give you the honor uh, for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' lovely name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Great message of, uh, of John is that Jesus Christ came to earth uh, so that we uh, could have fellowship uh, with God. That is his, uh, that's his message, whether we're talking about the Gospel of John or, uh, or his epistles, uh, is that God sent his Son, uh, again, see John 3.16, for example, uh, that God sent his Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not bear to have everlasting life. John's great message is that God uh, sent his Son to earth uh, so that man could have relationship, fellowship uh, with God. The problem is uh, that man responds to that information uh, and says, but wait a minute, um, I already have a relationship. I already have fellowship with God. Uh, I go out by the lake, and I look at the sun come up, and I look at the water, and I see nature, and I just commune with God. Uh, you've all heard those kinds of, uh, you know, I go to the, to the coast, and I watch the waves come in, and I see the sun come up, and I just commune with God. Um, and I'm not saying we don't see God in creation. In fact, Scripture uh, says that we see God uh, in uh, creation. But uh, man t- 
takes that uh, a little bit uh, further. Oh, I, I worship God. I, I don't need anything. Uh, I don't need uh, anyone else. I don't need something like uh, that. I can, uh, I can reach God on my own is the mindset. Uh, may not be the actual words that, uh, that man says, uh, but it is, uh, you know, they, as they say, actions speak louder than words. Um, well, uh, if you look at the actions of many, uh, that is uh, how they, that, that's obviously uh, what they believe. I can uh, have a relationship, uh, I can become acceptable uh, to God on my own. I will just work harder, I'll give more money to the church, um, I will... Uh, you know, give food to the hungry. Uh, I'm always reminded, uh, 40 years ago now, uh, close to it, uh, of a lady I worked with who was going to heaven because in the winter she bought fuel oil for poor people. Uh, that was how she was, you know, that was, you know, you hear that people make that statement that, you know, suppose you arrive uh, at the gates of heaven and, uh, and, and Peter were to ask you, uh, why should I let you in? Well, her answer is going to be, I bought fuel oil for old people. Uh, that was, you know, that was her, uh, that was her answer uh, for how she had become uh, acceptable uh, to God. And what it really boils down to is, uh, man has this mindset that we don't want or need anyone else telling us about how we should worship God. We don't, we don't, we don't need the Bible. Uh, I, I don't need somebody else. I don't need a preacher. I don't need a teacher. Uh, I, I don't need the Bible to tell me uh, how to worship. Uh, I'm good. I, I, you know, I, I figured this out uh, on my own. And that's really what John, the, the, the great uh, subject here that he's going to deal with, uh, is that man... Basically, if I could put it in a nutshell this morning, is that man objects to the thought uh, that Jesus Christ uh, is the Son of God and that He is the only way to God. That, that's, I mean, if you just want to put it down into a, into a simple thesis statement, that's it. Man objects or even rejects the idea that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and therefore they reject or object uh, to the idea that He is the only way uh, to uh, the Son of God. They, they man objects uh, to the idea that uh, the way He is worshiping is wrong. Uh, you want to? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to tell you to do this uh, because. I have a bunch of you on the prayer list. If I do, uh, well, if you go out and try this, uh, or y'all come in next week with a bunch of black eyes, uh, if you go out and tell someone the way you are worshiping is wrong, <laughs> you know, plan, on, plan on there being a fight. Uh, but, you know, you know, I, I think if you've been out uh, and, and talked to people, uh, people have their own idea about what it means uh, to, to worship. If you go out and if man rejects the idea that he has no standing, no merit whatsoever uh, with God. In fact, what most people, uh, how they address it is, well, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as CD. Uh, you know, that's kind of how we, you know, that, that's how we, you know, that's how most men uh justify, rationalize their position with God. Oh, I know uh, I, I'm not as uh, good as, you know, I, I may not be Arch Coble, uh, but I'm certainly not as bad as CD. Uh, you know, that, that's the way, man, you know, we, we think God grades on some kind of curve. Uh, you, know, uh, I, 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 you know, I do good, I, I don't lie, I don't steal, you know, those kinds of things, and so I have some kind of uh, standing to God. Uh, you want to upset people, tell them uh, that they are unacceptable to God in their current condition. If they don't know Jesus Christ, uh, then they are unacceptable to God. Uh, and, and you will, you know, people object uh, to that idea. Man just simply objects 
to the idea that, that he needs any help whatsoever in reaching God. Man, generally speaking, okay, maybe not everybody, but generally speaking, in particular in, in 2022, in the world we live in, man has the mindset that I am okay. I'm all right. I am okay. I have a book in my, uh, in my study, uh, and the name of it is, I'm okay, you're okay. I have no idea what's in that book. I've never read it. Uh, but I, the title just always uh, strikes me. I, I know where it is on the shelf, and, I, and every time I walk in the door, I see it. It's white with green letters. I'm okay, you're okay. That's kind of the, you know, I don't want to read the book because I already have a mindset of what it's about. Uh, and so, I, you know, if I read it, it's probably something totally different. Uh, but that's pretty much the attitude uh, that mankind takes today. I'm okay, you're okay, we're all going to heaven. You know, think about it. Have you ever been to a funeral uh, where, have you ever heard anybody dying uh, who his family didn't say, oh, he's with Jesus now. You know, he's an angel now, you know, which has no scriptural, uh, you know. But, uh, you know, we, well, that's the mindset that man uh, has uh, in this culture. Man feels that he is okay just like he is. You know, he is all right uh, as he is. And again, he, he objects to the idea that on his own, he cannot get to God. That is, that, that's just repulsive uh, to the modern man, uh, this whole thought. And this passage that we're going to look at uh, deals with uh, a couple of the objections uh, and, and, and tears them apart. It tears down three uh, of the common uh, objections that man has today uh, to, or the excuses or the, uh, the lies that they have uh, believed uh, about their own spirituality. First of all, uh, John says man is walking in darkness. Man is walking in darkness. Look at verse uh, 6 again. He says, if we have fellowship, say we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not do the truth. Uh, but if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us all. And this verse, this conclusion, uh, really uh, just pops most people uh, in our world today right between the eyes. Uh, because the average person today uh, around the world, uh, the, the general consensus is, uh, again, that most people in, in this world today uh, that they hold is that they can fellowship with God even while they walk in darkness. That I can do whatever I want to. That I can live however I choose. I can practice whatever sin uh, strikes my fancy. Uh, I, I can practice adultery. I can practice witchcraft. I, I can, you know, whatever sin I want to commit, I can walk in that darkness and still somehow have fellowship with God. That is the general consensus of of, of mankind, uh, really throughout time, but I think it's really worse uh, in, in our culture today, that I can live however I want to, I can do whatever I choose, I can walk in whatever way I want to, and yet I still uh, have fellowship uh, with God. He, man has this mindset uh, that if I believe in God, yeah. You know, uh, again, how many of you have had that? You don't need to raise your hand. Uh, but how many of you have had that experience? Somebody will look at you. Oh, I believe in God. Oh, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe in God. Uh, yeah, I'm always reminded that the Bible says even the demons, you know, uh, believe in God. You want to know who one of the greatest believers in God is, and that's Satan himself. You know, there, there's no question in his mind that there is a God. You know, and, and man today, for the most part, I realize there, there are a group uh, of people who would say there is no God. Uh, but most people, I think, still would acknowledge there is a God. And most people, unfortunately, from that would say, and I have a relationship with him. I'm going to heaven because I believe uh, that there is a God. 
I, I do, you know, I've actually heard these words before. Well, I do halfway right. Help me. Isn't halfway right? Thank you. I don't know where that came from. Was that Diane? Oh, I'll share it. Okay. Halfway, halfway right is halfway wrong. You're as close to the other end as you are one. If you're halfway there, you're, you're as close to one as you are the other. Yeah. And, but I've heard people make that statement. I, well, I try, to, I try to live halfway right. Yeah. I try to do good. I, 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 I try to, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, steal. I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I send my kids to church. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I, you know, that kind of thing. Well, said, uh, John says here, you can't walk in darkness and say you have fellowship with the light. You, you can't do that. He says, when we walk in darkness, we are fooling uh, ourselves. When, listen, some of you today are not going to like some of the things I'm going to say. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you'll get over, you know, sooner or later. Uh, you know, um, but here's reality. What John is saying to us is that you, uh, you can't say you're walking with God when the greatest characteristics of your life is sin. Can't do it. Paul says when you say that, you are a, a, a liar. When, when, you, you, when you say, oh, I'm, I love God, I'm, I'm walking with God, and yet when you go out into the world, when you go out into your family, when you go out into the workplace, you know, there's nothing about your life that signifies a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's ancient. I, you know, I have no idea who said it first or when they said it, but all of us, I think you've probably heard or seen that thing that says if, if, if Christianity was illegal, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Yeah. That, that's what John is talking about here. To say you walk in light, but to say you have fellowship with light, but walk in the darkness, he says, you're a liar. Listen, fellowship uh, with God, I, I don't know who to, somebody made this statement, I don't like it. Fellowship with God isn't validated by your lips. It is validated by your walk. Fellowship with God isn't validated by your lips. It is validated by your walk. I can stand it. There, 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 there was a, I don't know if you call it a song or what it was, but it sticks in my head. It's probably close to 50 years old. And uh, the, let's see if I can get this right in my head. There, there was a woman uh, whose husband thought he was a chicken. Uh, and man comes to her and says, uh, you know, why don't you do something about it? And she says, well, he don't eat much. He just scratches around the yard. We sure can use the eggs. Yeah. It's one thing to say you're a chicken. It's another thing to lay eggs. Yeah. There's a whole, you know, you know, I can stand up here today and tell you I'm an airplane pilot. I'm an airplane pilot. I can say it over and over and over again. But you know what the real proof of me being an airplane pilot is? Flying an airplane, right? I can go over here, and it'd probably be too big for me, but I can borrow Ed's jacket from he when he was flying and all, and all these little medals and all those stuff on it. I can put in all my, you know, I can put my little, them shiny sunglasses and all, and I, you know, I can get me one of them hats, and I can go there. I'm a pilot. Yeah. But we all know what distinguishes a real pilot from one that says he's a pilot. And I'm going to tell you, the only kind of pilot I am is piling my junk somewhere. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I, that's a difference. And you can walk around, listen, we can walk around all day saying, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. 
I'm a Christian. We can put on a little gold necklace with a cross on it. We can, you know, we can put our great big, you know, giant Bible under our arm and walk around with it. You know, we can do all those things. We can go to church on Sunday. We, you know, but the difference is when we get out in the world, how we live. It's not our lips. It's our walk that distinguishes. Paul said, I don't care how many times I say Paul said, I'm talking about John. Okay, everybody with me? I don't know why I'm saying Paul this morning. John says that we are, when we walk in darkness, we are deceiving ourselves. You can come into church, you can jump up and down, you can run laps around this building, you can jump over chairs, you can shout amen, you can get up and testify, you can put the biggest offering in the plate, but the real challenge that says whether or not you are a believer, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ is tomorrow at the workplace. How you treat your neighbor. How you love, if you love, one another. That's the difference. John says, you, if you say anything different and do anything different, he says, you are a liar. Walking in darkness. Wandering in depravity. Look what he says in these next verses. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Second, second lie that man believes is to think for a moment that man is not totally sinful. That man, listen, hear me. You were born in sin. You were born in sin. Totally, completely. Man is born in sin. John says, man has come to earth, or God has come, Christ has come to earth to reveal to us uh, what God is like, how God wants us to live, and he has come to this earth to die for our sin. This mindset that is so prevalent in our culture, again, that I'm all right. I'm okay. No, John says, if we say we don't have sin, we are alive. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many sins do you have to commit to be a sinner? One. We are totally in sin. Listen, man, what it boils down to, it really is that man objects to the idea, he refuses the thought that Christ had to die for our sins. Man responds with something like, oh, we're not that sinful. I'm not that bad. Let me not, again, not say that specifically, but that, again, actions speak louder than words. We're not that bad. We're not, you know, we're not that bad a sinner. Many of you have ever heard this one. I can change any time I want to. I can quit any time I want to. Well, we know that typically that word is, that, that statement is made regarding addiction in some form or fashion. I can quit whenever I want to. But the reality is, that's really the statement most people make about sin in general. Oh, I yeah, think about it. Is that not what we're saying when we say something like this? You, you know you've heard this statement. Well, right now I'm just enjoying life. When I get older, then I'm going to get right with God. Isn't that exactly what man is saying? I can quit whenever I want to. I can quit this sin stuff whenever I want to because I'm not really that bad. I'm not really that bad a sinner. John says, no. You're walking in darkness. You are totally in sin. 
I can change my life whenever I want to. I can straighten up whenever I choose. No, you're wandering in depravity. You are totally separated from God. You are totally separated from God. Elmer Towns wrote a book several years ago. Well, to say Elmer Towns wrote a book is the understatement of the year. I asked Dr. Towns one time, I said, how many books have you written? He said, all of them. I said, what do you mean? He said, I don't even know. He said, I, I, he said I've lost count of the books I've wrote and the books that are in my mind. <laughs> he said, yeah, I've got so many books up here waiting to be wrote, I've lost count between them. But he wrote a book, and one of the illustrations in that book, and, and I may not do it justice, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I won't, he uses the illustration of a, of a campfire. And he's talking about, you know, people, you know, they, they, you can get right up close to the campfire, or, or you start getting further from the campfire. He says you can still see the fire, but he says, you know, eventually you get to the point where you can no longer feel the heat or see the fire. And he uses that analogy talking about believers, people who profess to believe. Where, where you know, many people are, you know, they, they think, well, because I can see the fire from here, you know, but you know that if there's a campfire there and I get far enough over here, I'm not going to feel the heat of that fire anymore. Am I? Now, I don't know how far you got to get. I guess it depends on how big the fire is. I'm not going to feel the heat. If I get far enough from that fire, I'll still be able to see the fire. But if I was trying to use the light of that fire to thread a needle, I wouldn't have enough light. Why? Because I'm too far from it. Well, well that, again, that, that's kind of the, the way some people are thinking about their Christian life. You know, think about it. There's a campfire right here. I can be far enough back that I can see the fire, but technically I'm still in the darkness, right? John is saying here that you, you're, you're wandering in depravity. You know, it, 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 it's like being, you know, you can't be a little bit pregnant. Right? You with me? You cannot be a little bit pregnant. John says you are not a little bit sinner. You are lost. I heard Tony Evans preach a sermon one time. He said, how dead is dead? You ain't never walked in the funeral home and said, you know, he looks a little bit dead. No, he's dead. Dead, dead. You know, he was in dead, 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 nothing. Dead. You are dead in your trespasses, the Bible says. You are dead in your sins. You're, you're totally lost. You're totally separated from God. And man objects, refuses the idea that he needs someone to die for his sins because he thinks his sin is not that bad. John says you're living in darkness. You're living in darkness. And then finally... He says, working in deception. Look at this last verse. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. That the third decision that man has made based on the information he has is that in some way he can become sinless on his own. That he can deal with his sin himself. I'll give enough. I'll go to church enough. I'll do something. We see the horrible nature and effects of sin practically every day. We saw it on, again, just horrible images this week. We saw the impact of sin. We see the murder, the mayhem, assault, fraud, cheating, lying. We see it everywhere around us. And, and 
we have come to the point, I'm afraid, in our society today, where sin and every conceivable combination of sin that, you know, that, that, like Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when we turn on the news, read the news, whatever anymore, are we ever genuinely surprised and shocked? Probably the only day we're really surprised and shocked is when we turn on the news and there's no bad news. I don't know if that ever even happens. Every sin and every arrangement of sin we've been exposed to. We have we, we seen it all. We have, again, it, it is so common um, every day. Yeah. Everywhere we look. That, that nothing really is surprising. That's sad. That's, that almost makes me say, y'all come on up and let's pray for a little bit. I mean, that is really sad to say. That we have come to that point in this world that no sin really shocks us. But don't misunderstand me. When we saw the, the shooting in the school this week, we were sad we were, I mean, it's, it's hard. can't imagine that. But let's be honest. We weren't really shocked. We won't really be shocked if it happens again tomorrow. It'll break our hearts. It'll be terrible. But nothing. Somebody asked me this week, said, were, were you surprised at anything that came out in the report about Baptists this week. No, not really. So the only thing that surprised me is it took us 20 years to do it. Well, nothing, none of us surprised. We have become practically immune to sin. Sin has become the father for comedy in our society. It has become what comedians make jokes out of. Sin has reached that every day we are, sin has become so much a part of life, a part of what goes on around us that honestly, we, we really pay it almost no attention unless it is just horrific. Yeah. Nineteen people die in a school year, all of a sudden we set up and pay attention. How many people die every day? How many people are murdered? How many babies? are killed every day. Sin has just become so much a part of everything. It's just everywhere. Now, we see it in the church, and we saw it this week in, in our own denomination. It's just, again, we just see it. And yet, there are some who will say, not me. Not me. Not me. I didn't do it. I haven't sinned. I'm not good. Despite all the sin in the world and all the things that are going around, some people have this mindset, well, I'm okay. I can be righteous on my own. I'm okay. I'm, I'm sin-free. I can become like a... And God's going to approve of my behavior. God approves of me and approves of my behavior. That God is going to, for some reason, lower his standards 
and accept us because we're not that bad. John says we are alive. In 1998, one by the name of Alice Metzinger, she was a wife, she was a mother, she was a restaurant owner, well-respected member of society and her community. Google contributed, worked in the community, you know, used a restaurant, helped many times feed hungry people, did different things. She was good mother, attended the school events. Finally one day, she could take her guilt. She couldn't stand it anymore. And she turned herself in to the police. Alice Metzinger was actually a woman who was, her real name was Catherine Powell, who was a college student back in 1970, drove one of two getaway vehicles. I'm not going into all the details. You don't need them. Two of all, two of the getaway vehicles and a bank robber that went went wrong. She disappeared. Catherine disappeared. And sometime in the late 70s, she moved to Oregon, started a new life as Alice Metzinger. Got married, had kids, opened the restaurant, joined the PTA. You know, Better Business Bureau, all the stuff that a good citizen does. Good business owner, good Christian business owner right here in our community. <laughs> and the whole time, she was actually on the FBI's most wanted list. And finally, the guilt got the better of her. And she went and she turned herself in. You cannot hide from guilt forever. You cannot run from guilt forever. I thought about that story. Can you imagine being on FBI's most wanted list and running a restaurant? And every time a police officer came in and sat down and ordered breakfast or ordered lunch, every time the bell rang, the door on the bell rang, and the bell on the door rang, and you looked up from the from the kitchen through the window and you saw as a police officer. Cannot run from guilt forever. John says, if you say you're in light, if you say you have fellowship with God, but you keep walking in darkness, you are a liar. I didn't say that. The Word of God said that. I want to ask you about your heads this morning. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be very open and honest with you this morning. You may even say brutal. Practically, everyone in this room, to my knowledge, there may be a few exceptions, but everybody in this room, pretty much, to my knowledge, has said, I am a Christian. Has said, I'm a follower of Christ. But John says you can say that all day long. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Does your life back that up? Does experience say, I am a child of God? 
I cannot imagine how difficult it was for Catherine Power to take off her apron and leave her restaurant and go turn herself into the FBI. And I know that what I'm proposing this morning is way, for, way greater magnitude even than that. To sit after all this time. I've been in church. I've had a position in the church. I've sang in the choir. I've taught Sunday school. I've gave an offering. All those things. But the truth is today, I don't know Christ personally. If God's speaking to your heart this morning, you're walking in darkness, you're living a lie. I don't know who you are, but you know. Would you come this morning and let me show you from God's Word how you can leave here knowing with no doubt that you are a child of God, that you have been saved. Christians, can I invite you this morning to come and pray that your co-workers, your family, your friends, your neighbors would have no question I've shared with you before, one of the things on my bucket list, Paul says, be ready to give an answer, a reason for the lively hope that is within you. Before I die, my prayer, my hope, is that my walk with the Lord is so evident and so clear that I don't have to tell someone I love Jesus. That I don't have to put a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on my car. That my life, my actions will cause someone who doesn't really know me to come up and say, tell me, what's different about you? What is it in you? I, I've been watching you. And there's something different about you. What is it? And give me an opportunity give them a reason for that lively hope. You say today, I know I'm a child of God. But I want people, I want my friends, I want my co-workers to see the light of Jesus shining in me. That they'll know I'm not walking in darkness. If you come this morning and pray, God, give me that walk. Not that talk, that walk. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we know we live in a sinful, evil world. We live in a dark world. God, I pray this morning if there's one in this room, one joining us online, Lord, if they don't know Jesus Christ personally, they're in church. They talk the talk. But the truth is, as John says, they walk in darkness. That day be the day. But they'd be like Catherine Power and they put aside that guilt and they would confess and come to you. God, for Christians all over this room, God, that we would on our hands and knees before you. God, that you'd make us alive. That people would be able to see the light in us. We wouldn't walk in darkness. God, it would be obvious we have fellowship with the light. God, touch our hearts to change. Serve us, move us, change us. God, to the dead, May the 29th, this Memorial Day weekend will be a memorial. That's what you've done in us and in our church. What you do is lovely on my part. And you have to stand it up. Oh, for you really are.